Hey, 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 everyone. Welcome back to Gems with Genesis Amaris Kemp. Today, I am sitting here with the powerhouse behind Strong Talk, none other than Trish Nanku. She hails all the way from Canada, so big up Canada, and she's going to be here to tell us about all the incredible things that she is doing. And if you haven't met her, you got to go follow her on social media. Thank you. Hey, Trish. So let's start off by telling the listeners who you are and how you got to where you are. How I got to where? Oh, wow. <laughs> I don't think we have enough time, Genesis. <laughs> so you know what? Um, starting uh, Strong Talk. Wh why did I name it Strong Talk? Um, well, you know, if you've listened to my episodes or you listen to my episode with Genesis, you know, I have a Caribbean background. And um, yeah, yeah. And for me, most of my life, I've always been a very forthcoming person, very straightforward. But in our culture, and I think even in the society that we live in, we tend to sweep a lot of stuff under the rug. We tend to be, you know, to me, it's like you're a different person inside your house. And when you go out, you're a different person, right? And I found that I was living like that, like when I was in a relationship. Uh, with my kid's father, and I just wasn't being myself, my authentic self. Um, I actually, after a while, didn't recognize myself. So Strong Talk came about with me really working on myself and realizing that as much as I want people to be straightforward with me, I need to be straightforward with others, right? So that's how I started my podcast, Strong Talk. And then a lot of women started coming forward and saying, Trish, I resonate with that. Like, that's how my family is. We don't talk about stuff. We don't we don't admit to some of these generational traumas or some of these generational traditions that, you know, need to have some type of adapting to it. And being being this type of person, I've realized how the relationships even with my children have changed. And it's changed for the for the better because, you know, they're able to talk to me about any and anything and I'm able to give them whatever sort of wisdom I have or my my advice. And sometimes, you know, they say to me, Mom, you know, our friends are so jealous of the relationship we have, the way that we can talk to each other. And that's all I've ever wanted is to know that my kids can come to me and talk to me about anything, you know? And I love that you shared that because also coming from a Caribbean background, sometimes when you're raised up in that environment, like you're taught to not talk back you're taught not to ask adults certain questions to stay in a child's place and then as you become an adult like you see some of those tendencies in your adulthood and then whenever you get into relationships they also have a sense of trying to interject your culture in that relationship where they want you to fix your husband's yeah. plate first they then you fix your your kid's plate then you do all these things and then the last person to get taken care of is you and then you you wonder okay I, yes it's good to do all these things but then I kind of want someone to do those things for me too and you're constantly placing yourself on the back burner and like Trish said I could definitely resonate where you're one way at home then when you get to work you have to adapt to work like the way they want you to fit 
the company culture, the mold and stuff like that. So you're wearing multiple hats and you're switching. Sometimes you're even code switching. You may have to talk a certain way in order to get in and fit in. And it's exhausting. It's mentally exhausting, emotionally, physically, and all of that. And you're like, dang, is this me? Am I who I say I am? And you're like, what happened to me? It's a thousand percent. And the thing is, is that um, even thinking about when you're younger and, you know, you're you're taught that your your voice almost isn't, you know, you can't speak up when you when you start a relationship or you get older. And even as some women, it's they're, they just feel as though their voice is not going to be heard and they don't speak up when they don't like certain things. And that's why a lot of women or even a lot of men are in relationships and they're unhappy, but they, but they stick in it because really and truly that's what they saw with their parents. That's what they, you know, kind of learned as they were growing up. And I know that for my entire life, um, I kept saying that, you know, this particular phrase all the time, I don't want to be anything like my parents. I don't want to be anything like them. And it was just so negative. And the thing is, is that when I started to turn that around and say and say to myself, you know what, I want to be better than them. I want to be a better version of them, not better than them. Like I'm going to be, you know, I'm better than you, but I want to be a better version of them. And what does that look like to me? And that's when things started to be a little bit better for me, started to turn around because you know what? I wasn't thinking in a negative way. I was thinking in a more positive way. And I think if we strive to be better versions of our parents instead of saying, I don't want to be anything like them, I think, you know, things start to fall into place and we start to see things differently. That is so true because it's like you're flipping that negative into a positive. And then the way that you said it, it's like, yes, what my parents did was amazing but did do parents have flaws yes they have flaws and they're not perfect but whenever you say i don't want to be like my parents it could be seen as a negative connotation if somebody does not understand where you're coming from then it may it may rub them the wrong way but then you to yourself may say i just want to break generational curses like i don't want to work at this nine to five job for 30 years not have anything to show for And, you know, just do that because yes, that was okay for our parents, but times have changed. I feel like sometimes our parents, whenever they were raised in the Caribbean and they come here, they were so accustomed to a certain lifestyle that they didn't want to rock the boat. But then you see this new age generation where they're not going to take nonsense from people. They're not going to let someone disrespect them because at the end of the day, I'm an adult just as you're an adult. We don't want to put up with with a society that does not make us feel yeah. as if we're a human being. And we don't want to be demeaned. And we also want to make sure that we're building a legacy for our children and future generations to come. Because what's the point of living if you're not really existing or vice versa? Are you existing but not really living out your life to the fullest? And, that's the, and, and that is, you know what, you hit the nail on the head because... I feel as though for so many years, you know, I am just existing here, but really and truly, what is my life? Like, what am I doing here? Like, what, what, what am I supposed to be doing? I just feel as though I get up every day. And this is how I used to feel. I just get up, go to a job that, you know, I would be driving and I get a headache from going there because I really didn't, I didn't, it's not that I didn't enjoy, but there's some managers, there's some bosses that can really make your life miserable, right? <laughs> yeah. And, you know, 
I think the best thing for me last year was when I got laid off and 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 I got sick. I was so sick for the entire year for for most of the year. And that really put a lot into perspective for me. It really put, you know, Trish, are you doing what you really enjoy? Like even podcasting. I don't think that is my purpose, but it's something that I enjoy because I'm meeting people. I am still trying to figure this out. And when I look back at myself, it's like I'm 43 years old. And why am I still trying to figure this out? And I kept thinking that something was wrong with that. But, but that's because society makes me feel like at 43, I'm supposed to have a husband, a big house, nice car, travel the world, a certain amount of money. That's what society makes me feel like I'm supposed to have. But really and truly, there, I know that there's people in their 50s, 60s, 70s, my parents, grandparents, that you know didn't live their life the way that they wanted to live because of society or because of generational trauma or whatever the case may be. And I don't want that for me. I don't want to teach my children that. So I've said to myself, you know, and I said this to you before in our conversation, there's a lot of women out there who are single mothers like myself, right? And we're trying to make ends meet and we're trying to prove ourselves to other people, even to ourselves that we can do it, that we're sometimes so scared to do things that do things that are out of our comfort zone. So for me, like I, I loved art. I love doing certain things with art. And I said, you know, maybe I should try investing a couple hundred dollars into something that I really want to try, but can I afford it? And I, I said to myself, if I keep asking myself if I can afford it, I'll never do anything. Because, you know, you're always going to have that, that negative thought. I'm like, I just have to do it. And I, I felt as though it, it's me at 43 going to start new things. Like, what am I trying to do? And I thought about it the other night. It's like, that's me just trying to get things out instead of suppressing it that's me wanting to be who I really am and why am I suppressing who I really am because these are things that I enjoy doing I know before a few years ago it was about how much money I can make it was the title of my job I needed to make sure that my title was you know it says it all because you know there's people who have doubted me but the the one person who doubted me the most was me and I stood in my way. So I, I also want to say to women out there, you know, it doesn't matter if you're in your 40s, even your 50s or 60s. If you get up one day and you realize that, you you know, you always wanted to, I don't know, paint or get a motorcycle. Like, I've, I've always liked motorcycles. I'm actually going to go for my motorcycle license, okay? It's not a midlife crisis. People are going to say, y'all, she's going through a midlife crisis. No, it's not a freaking midlife crisis. It's me, you know, getting up and doing the thing that I always wanted to do or want to do. There's limits, though. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I just love how you really broke that down and how you shared your true self there, Trish. Because, yes, we both got laid off last year. And it to, and I could feel you. It's like a weight lifted off of your shoulder because you worked somewhere for so long that you felt suffocated. And in that you job... Always, I've, you, always had a, I've always had that security of a job and benefits, right? Yes. And when you don't have those jobs and those benefits, it's like, damn, like what, what's next? But then you also find some freeness and you find some peace of not checking in to someone else's mm -hmm. dreams and legacy. And you find time to really listen to your inner thoughts and yep. figure out what it is that you want to do, what makes you happy. And then you start to get become one with yourself and get closer to your purpose and fuel your passion. And one thing that I that you that you mentioned was that 
you were 43. And I hate when people try to tie things to age because to me, age is nothing but a number. And no matter how old you are, as long as you are doing what's best for you, you're walking into your personal visions, your goals, your dreams, Mm. and you are making your personal boss moves for your life, then you're doing something. Stop looking at what social media is saying and what society is saying. Because if we keep looking at the outward and the external Mm. factors, then we're always going to have that internal doubt and fear that causes us to remain stagnant when the world needs us to show up, show out, and Mm. be who we were designed to be. Each one of us was uniquely created for a reason, but there's so much pressure from the outside that is trying to narrow in and shrink us down to be something that they want us to be. But at the end of the day, you have to say, who am I? Who is Trish? And that's the question. And, you know, I go back into my journals um, that I've had for years and I look at it and it's the same shit that I've written over the years and it's how I've been feeling. And I'm like, why are you feeling the same way today that you felt in 2005? Like, why hasn't there been any progression, right? Um, and I realize is that I have control of how I let and how I allow people to treat me. I have control of of how I think about myself as well, because I am my worst enemy. I put myself, the way that I talk to myself for years before, even sometimes now I have to pull myself up on it. It's it's not very healthy. And, you know, you talked about, you know, social media and influences. Like for me on my social media, my Instagram, I'm, I'm more active on my, on my Instagram, which is strong talk. Um, if you look at, uh, at my posts lately, you know, it's a lot of more, about my podcast and sometimes when I put pictures of myself there's actually a caption as to what I'm trying to say I'm not trying to promote a bag or an outfit or anything like that but I'm trying to I'm trying to promote what I'm going through mentally because for me to get to that point to take in pictures it took a long it, it, a lot of people don't know my story but I don't have a lot of pictures of myself going back in my 20s or my 30s because I didn't, I didn't have that self-worth because of how other people made me feel, because of how I saw myself. So when I put pictures out there, I like to talk about how I felt in that moment or what, what is my thought process because there's sometimes that I would take a picture and 10 minutes before I was literally crying or I was nervous I was, or I didn't want to take it. But now that I'm starting to value myself a little bit more and this is the thing about being a woman is that I think from a very young age we don't understand our worth and our value and I if I can go back to my 16 15 14 year old self I will tell her that she's worthy and and that's something that I try to instill in my daughter and my 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 goddaughter or my cousins is my younger cousins especially is to let them know about worth and that is something that you know we didn't really hear about until quite a, until a couple years ago, but and until women started speaking up and actually being authentic in themselves, and you know, seeing how my daughter is at twenty, she's twenty two compared to how I was um, at twenty two. I actually had her. Um, it gives me pride because I can see that she's really reflecting into herself and looking at herself. She still has her insecurities, but. You know, I think 
the way that I project towards her and the way that I speak with her and, and the things that she surrounds herself with is really impacting on how she values herself. And that's what we need to do as women. And we talked about social media. That's why when I post, when I get comments from women, more so, that's what really motivates me because I know that I'm impacting and they're seeing what I'm trying to put out. I don't care if a man tells me, oh, you're beautiful and you look this. That really doesn't. It, I mean, yes, I do to extend if he's cute. But, <laughs> you know, right. But when I can when I see that there's other young women or even women at my age that appreciate the things that I put out and I'm trying to do, that's what really, you know, steps up the game for me and say, you know what? Yes, Trish, just continue. This is your motivation. And when, yes, because there was a post that you posted a while back. I think you had either a white a white suit or it was pearl and you were eating an ice cream. Do you remember mm-hmm. that one? And you're like something about it's a sunny day or something like that. And I was like, yes. And I remember reading the caption. I can't remember everything the caption said right now, but sometimes people would only look at what you had on and like, ooh, that's a bad outfit or that looks nice, but they forget to look at the caption and read what is captivating your moment and what was going on in your thought process. Sometimes people are so big on looking at the external that they don't even take time to go beyond the surface level. And we have to go deep diving. We have to go scuba diving in order to get past the artificial official and see the true diamonds and the gems it takes time to dig just like if you want oil you have to mine for that oil baby and nothing comes easy yes it's that pressure and that's one thing I really like about your platform with Strong Talk because it's not just about Trish but it's about all the other lives that are coming into your lives where you're helping them and they're also helping you so you see that mutually beneficial Mm -hmm. exchange there and if you would have never went through what you went through then where would Strong Talk be be today (laughs) right I met you I met you through (laughs) Strong Talk right yeah you know, it, it, it's funny that you say that because when I started Strong Talk, it was just me talking and I'm, I'm, you know, I'm like, I don't even like hearing my own voice. You know, like who's going to want to listen to this voice, you know? But the thing is, is that when I stopped focusing on myself and on my voice, it was so therapeutic to me that I didn't realize how therapeutic it was to others. And it's when I started getting that feedback, it it really, really struck me. I said, you know, Trish, you didn't go through these things. Like, you know, a lot of people talk about saying, you know, why did I have to go through this? Why me? Why me? And I started realizing to myself that, you know, why not me? If I didn't go through the shit that I went through with my with my kid's father, with my parents never being in my life, um, and the way I looked at it, if my parents raised me, I wouldn't be the person that I am today. I think I would not have, I, I think I would have been worse off, right? And when I look at some of the things that I have not been able to experience, I don't know what it's like to have a mother's love. I've, I've never, I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is to have a father in my life. You know, I, I have siblings, but I'm so much older than them that we, we don't have a relationship. So I'm, I've always been, you know, a loner or by myself. I So always looking for a place to belong. And I realized that as much as I was looking for a place to belong, you know, 
and feel like I'm an outcast. Those things work to my advantage because it actually built me up to be the person that I am. And it also made me appreciate having my children around more, trying to create those family memories or create memories with them. And as much as, you know, some, listen, I'm not this optimistic all the time. I have my days. There are days that I get up and I'm like, you know, why have I never had a mother or Mother's Day is like the worst for me. You know, Christmas is really hard for me. Those times a year is really hard for me still up until this time. So don't think that it's every day. This is a work in progress every day. But changing my mentality and figuring that, you know, the things that I've gone through has really molded me to where I, I am and you know, getting me to the point where um, I'm being brave enough to try things and step out of my comfort zone, I, I don't think I would have been here, you know, and that's what I have to, to really appreciate. And I love, 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 love that you said that, Trish, because sometimes being the loner, sometimes people would look at you, maybe when you were growing up and be like, what's wrong with her? Like she has, like, she's beautiful. Like she has all these things going for, but they don't know that inward that you're hurting, or they may not know your family structure and dynamic at home, but they're just making these assumptions about you. And then they want to portray some of those assumptions on you because it's the way that they perceive you. Then you start to be receptive to the way that they perceive you. And then there comes a point where you have that aha moment where a light switch goes on and you start to really take ownership of Trish. You see your self-worth. Then from your self-worth, you could really embody self-love, self-awareness, and self-care. And now that you have your own family unit, you're trying to be better than the people that were raising you. And you say, I'm going to exhibit these qualities and characteristics for my children because I know that they need to have a secure and steady foundation because sooner or later, they're going to have their own offspring. And you want to make sure that you're passing them the baton and you're saying, even though mommy may not have always done it this way, I want you to go further than me and I want you to leave your mark because at the end of the day, they are a reflection yeah. of you. And, and that's what I said is that, you know, I want to be a better version of my parents, but I also say to my children, I said, listen, it's not a, you, I don't want you to feel ever that you're better than me. I want you to be a better version of me. And that's something that I keep saying, saying to them over and over. I said, I, I work, I've been working hard. I work hard to give them things that I've never had, which is, you know, a parent who's going to be there and always support them pay for their education as much as I can. I, I, I never had those things, but also be someone there that they can talk to. I, you know, growing up, I didn't have that. And I feel as though if I had someone to talk to, I had people to talk to that I can trust and they were giving me information that was for my betterment, I think I would have been a lot further and a lot better in my life than you know, than I was in my 20s and 30s. I'm not going to dwell on that because, you know what, it's never too late to learn. But, you know, the lessons that I see now or that I'm learning now, you know, really opened my eyes that having support, having a solid foundation, having family who really helps you to be grounded is so integral and so important, right? A lot of people say, oh, you know, some, you don't need family. You know, you, friends could be more your family. I think that's bullcrap because family, yeah, family, they're always going to be there for you regardless. 
regardless, you know, and people say, oh, no, that, that that's not how it works. I think people who think like that are just people who have not seen the bigger picture. But when you look at like the African culture, like tribes, villages, even indigenous people and their tribes, they stick together. And when they stick together, they're stronger together, right? And that's why with my children, I always say to them, I said, listen, if I had to die today or tomorrow, I want you three of you to promise me something that regardless of what one does to the other, you guys will always be a unit, be close together, there to support each other, be there for each other. I have a girl and two boys, and I said to them, you guys have to look out for each other. And sometimes people tell me that, you know, they might have friends in their lives who will treat them better than their own family. And I think that you are a product of your environment. And if you grow up in a toxic environment, yes, you'll be around toxic uh, family. But, you know, my family is not toxic. They, they, I love, and, and that's how I, I, I tell my children if you're kind to people and you're kind to yourselves, y- you'll be all right. And that's how, and I think that's what we need to do as people in this world is that we just need to be kind because <laughs> a lot of us ain't. And I kind of see it from both sides because yeah. I see it from the sides where sometimes some of my um, friends treated me better oh, than yeah, a family yeah. member. Like, because there was whenever my dad was sick last year, some of my, long-term friends from the Asian culture, they showed up whenever my dad needed them the most. There was family members that he had that lived maybe an hour away and they didn't even come when my dad needed help. But then I said, you guys talk about this family and from a Caribbean background, as well as a South American background, you portray that family should be very strong. But then whenever somebody is down and out, where are you to be found? And so I found myself being bitter a little bit. And then I said, man, you, and then they would say, well, you know, blood is thicker than water. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. is it really? Because I have water over here treating me far better than blood. And it's like, sometimes you could be raised in that strong unit and you know what those values are. But then whenever you get outside of your family unit, outside of your culture, you begin to waver because you lose sight of what you were taught and how you were brought up. And then your identity is tainted because you're so busy trying to keep up with the Jones and appease people that will never truly validate you. So whenever you said that, I was like, I could see both sides and of that's it. The like, culture too like I I always say to myself I feel as if the Caribbean culture the black culture it's one of those people I see in society that do not support each other as much as you would see like the Asians the Europeans um and so yeah I know you can see it from both sides but then again it comes that generational trauma we're talking about you know people who are coming from the Caribbean who are not trying to adapt to the way that the culture is now and how it's evolving right so that's why in 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 my pursuit of trying to be a better version is that I've identified my faults I've identified I'm trying to work through my generational trauma trying to end it here so that even though my children and I must say my children are perfect because they went through a lot of trauma with my relationship with their dad but it's trying to work through it talk about it you know don't neglect them because that's what my parents or their parents did back in that day so it's trying to evolve and just be better and that's why I said it's to be better versions so I'm not so yes, let me tell you. Yes, my family has drama. Trust me, it's not just yours, okay? It's not just yours. There's trauma. There's drama in every family. But and I'm not saying I'm gonna let anyone walk all over me. It's that 
I look at things a little bit differently now. Um, there is family members beefing with one another. I don't get involved, but I still talk to everyone. That's not a, what you and you did is not my business. If you need help and this one doesn't like that I'm helping this one, that's your problem. I'm still going to be there for them. So I think it's just a mentality thing. We have and. To me, life is just too short to have all of this confusion and drama. Let me tell you something. Funerals and weddings was when you see the most drama in families, okay? And, you know, mm-hmm. I, I, t- I, tell my, I tell my kids, listen, just be kind. I know that my daughter is just a lot like me. She's like, oh, mom, I don't want to deal with people. I stay away from a lot of it. And I'm not saying that family, you know, yes, blood is thicker than water, but they're family. And at the end of the day, it's how it's how you perceive and how you want to be that I, I like you need to be the change you want to see and that I strongly believe that so then Trish now that you have this great platform you're out there helping people you probably have other things that you're working on behind the scenes like who knows uh, <laughs> the artist side of you emerging artist yeah. fashionista and stuff like so what is next for Trish next? because you are a powerhouse. <laughs> so I am uh, doing a show that I'm going to be launching with a co-host. It's going to be called The Black Phoenix. I am meeting people that, you know, it's they're 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 pushing me to to come out of my comfort zone, which I really appreciate. And like I said to you before, um, you know, art uh, just being like I have all these. Let me tell you, I was up till four o'clock a couple nights ago, just having all these ideas come to mind, and I'm like. You know, I'm, it's keeping me up for a reason and I need to get it out. So there's certain artworks that I want to I want to work on that I, I'm, I keep saying to myself, why, why, why? But it keeps nagging at me that I need to get this, these things out of my head. So when I talk about artwork, I'm, I'm talking about like sculptures. I'm talking about doing things that that, you know, I have in my mind that I want to put out there. But also, you know, I want to meet with other women. You know, there's um. I'm learning more about indigenous people because of I don't know if you heard about the mass grave sites that were found in the in in in, in Canada with indigenous children. I think they said majority of them are children, but we oh, don't wow. learn about we don't learn about these things because of the residential schools for that they had for indigenous people. There's things that I'm learning more about now that I realized that the the atrocities that 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 uh, I don't want to that Caucasian people have done in the past many, many hundred for many, many hundreds years, it's coming to par right now. It's coming, it, it, it's, it's, ri- it's rising now. And I think that there's just so much to learn. There's so much to do. So meeting people and growing more as an individual and learning about other people is what I'm really focusing on right now. Mm, that's, that's great because while you're learning and acquiring this knowledge and you're in your becoming more of yourself mm-hmm. phase and it every time I hear you speak it reminds me of the book becoming mm-hmm. by Michelle Obama yeah. yes because you are becoming more and more of Trish who I Trish see myself is more now yeah you know what I'm so glad that you said it because I'll tell you if you ask me who I was like maybe even a two or three years ago there were times I looked in the mirror and I didn't know what to say who I was I didn't recognize myself but I am, I cannot tell you how proud I am of, I'm very proud of the woman that I am because there's so many things that I've learned about myself over the year that I would literally look at myself and say, you know what, you're a good woman. And before I wouldn't have admitted that because to me, we're taught that if we say that or we talk about ourselves, that that we're being cocky or, you know, 
but it's not. It's that I recognize that I am truly a good person. And it's because I'm learning so much about myself that, you know, it surprises me that I was so hard on myself for all these years. That's great because you really see yourself, the inward part, and it's like you're getting a look at your soul. Your soul is going through a rebirth. You're going through your period of reset. You're being refreshed. You're being rejuvenated. You're being recalibrated. And you are surfacing to the top after all the pressure has been on you. You start to see the shininess and you're embodying yourself as a gem because you're worthy and you're priceless. And nobody can tell you what you are or who you aren't. What I'm worth. Yes. What I'm worth. And, you know, let me tell you something. Um, I'm 43 and I never really wore a bathing suit because I was very insecure about my body. Um, You know, I have little stretch marks on my on the side of my butt here. And, you know, you see all these pictures and and social media everywhere before social media magazines of all the perfect skin and perfect body. So I was always, 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 always insecure about it. And just a few weeks ago, I went and bought three swimsuits. And I said to myself, I'm going to wear them this summer. I'm going to live my best life this summer. But <laughs> you know, it's, the, it's just, those, you know what? That may not be something big to, 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 to people who are listening or seeing this, but it's big to me because at 43, never really owning or wearing a swimsuit and just feeling myself and going out in public with it, it's so liberating for me. And it's because I really see myself as a good person and I am regardless of what anybody wants to say or how social media deems beauty, I feel comfortable in my skin. Ooh, I want you to just open your arms like this, Trish. Open them. Free as a bird. Free as a bird. Yeah. Well, I will have a swimsuit on. I'm not going to be totally naked, okay? (laughs) Hey, whatever works for you. You know what I say? YOLO. You only live once. So if you want to be... Free as a bird, free as a bird. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I will be free, but not that free. <laughs> so I really am enjoyed our conversation and just really going behind the scenes with you, Trish, because you are a powerhouse. I see you on social media doing your thing. And for Those of you who are listening to Trish Nanku for the first time, she's the founder of Strong Talk. She has an incredible following on Instagram. I think, what is it, over 10K now? It's a little bit less than 10K. I'm almost there. I I was at 10K, but I kind of, um, you know, purged a little bit. (laughs) Hey, ain't nothing wrong with the purge. As you begin to go up, you you realize that, oh, I got to get this extra weight off. Yes. You want want quality, right? So, yeah. Quality over quantity. Yes. And she's just amazing. And I've gotten to talk with Trish a few times on her platform. We've had like girl chat or whatnot, but I really wanted to bring Trish on to just share her with the world because even though we haven't met face-to-face or in person yet, just her spirit just encompasses a beautiful soul. And we're in different age 
age brackets, but we're learning together and yes. we're looking for ways to complement one another, not compare against each other. Or not compete, but you know what? Learn from one another, right? Because that because just because I'm a bit older, just a bit, doesn't mean that I haven't learned from you. So whoop, whoop. About, yeah. Yeah. Don't say oh, just say season. You're seasoned. I'm well seasoned. I'm well seasoned. I've been marinating. <laughs> Any last words, Trish, you want to leave with the listeners and audience? Um, one of the biggest things that I've learned in, in my life so far is that, you know, be kind to not just yourself, but to other people, because that goes a long way. Um, there were times in my life where, you know, because of things I was going through, I seemed to be very harsh. I wasn't very kind to myself, so therefore I wasn't perceived as a kind person, but my intentions was never bad. And once I started being kind to myself, you know, my relationships, my conversations with people changed. So I would just say, you know, that has really helped me in, in decisions that I make has really helped me with relationships. And when I say relationships, I'm not talking about with another man. I'm talking about relationships, relationships with family, with friends, professional, regardless, it's really helped me. So just, you know, be kind to yourself and be kind to others. And there you have it, listeners and viewers of Gems with Genesis Amaris Kemp. You just heard Trish Nanku, the founder of Strong Talk. Make sure you go follow her on her social media. She can be found on Instagram as Strong Talk. All of this information will be in the show notes. And if you like what you heard, make sure you subscribe and hit that icon so you can stay plugged in for other powerhouses that will be on. But remember, there's only one Trish Nanku <laughs> and only one Strong Talk. And you know why? Because she's authentic. She's a firecracker. She's a powerhouse. So until we chat next time, peace, love, Take care, everyone. and lots of blessings. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>